Welcome to the Life Refresh Podcast. My name is Ryan Robinson. And if you are looking for a podcast that is designed to uplift, encourage, and revive your heart, mind, and spirit, you're in the right place. Welcome to the journey of becoming the version of you God designed from the foundations of the earth. Now, let's begin. Hello and welcome back to Life Refresh Podcast. You know who it is. This is Ryan Robinson. Again, I just want to thank you uh, for just tuning in today and thank you for all the listeners who have continued to listen to this podcast. It's been reaching many people and again, I cannot thank you enough for sharing podcasts with someone. And again, before you share, I hope that it gives you some value as well as we've uh, continued to go on this journey. Our last podcast, I'm just going to jump right into content. We talked about the difference between sympathy and empathy. And uh, fortunately, many of us have this um, challenge with both. Um, empathy requires, as we talked about, a whole different level of investment from people. It requires people to be engaged. It requires individuals to have time uh, u- uh, time utilized to understand where people are, to properly and intimately get engaged with someone's journey. And that to me is a very difficult thing for many people to understand in the sense that it, it causes individuals, there's a cost involved because there's some things that you may learn from someone, some things that you may get invested in, some challenges, there's disappointment. There's all kinds of things that happen in the process of connecting with empathy with someone. But there's also big roadblocks that do keep us from creating real empathy. Now, this is the thing. What I find is that the definitions that people have around empathy actually inform the way people connect with one another. So if your experience of empathy is feeling sad or feeling bad about your circumstances and trying to find ways to make them feel better. Not to say that your definition is wrong. It is the fact that the way you've experienced it in the past is the way that you understand it to be. And most of the time, what makes it difficult for us to redefine what empathy is, is the topic that we are going to discuss today. And it is ego. Many people of us have ego (laughs) and uh, it shows up in ways that we're not able to conform to or maybe even in many cases understand why we have it in the first place. So I'm going to give you a definition of what ego is for the first part of this and then we'll get around uh, the topic around the death of ego because this or the shattering of ego, depending on what you want to call it. But the thing is, you cannot empathize with anyone if you do not destroy, dismantle your ego. Because sometimes what we feel is that we have a Superman or superhero complex that gives us the ability to save someone in their situation, their muck, and their mess. And we find out because we think we are doing what is best for them, whoever them is. <laughs> uh, we mitigate the real challenge and issue because we think we know what's best for someone else. Now, if, if you're dealing with a child, that's different. But even then, 
Sometimes your kids need something different than what we can provide because we think we know what's best. And maybe that's not what God wants for that individual or for that kid or for that friend or for that parent, for that spouse, that partner. You just don't know what someone needs unless you kill your ego. So let me get to the definition here. Ego is uh, is a noun. <laughs> it's the person's a person's sense of self-esteem or self importance. The part of the mind that meditates between the conscious and the unconscious and is responsible for re, uh, for reality testing and a sense of personal identity. Okay? So what it does is it gives us the ability to one understand like hey, I'm important. That gives someone some agency uh, amongst many people, which is a good thing. It's not a bad thing. But there are some negative effects to it when it comes to empathy, because the fact is your experience is different than mine. I'm a man. I'm a black male in America in his mid 30s. You, some people can't necessarily connect because you might be a woman, you might be of a different ethnicity or gender or whatever it is, race, different. But the thing is, if I don't have the ego, if I have the ego to think, you know what, I know exactly what you need and this is what it's going to be without having any kind of cultural context, any ability to learn, any ability to understand, I am essentially putting my perspective, my preference onto you and thinking that because it worked for me, it'll work for you. And that's not caring. That's not empathy. That's ego speaking for itself. So one of the challenges that we have with this is how do we actually deal with ego? How do we determine and where do we get the examples of how we can dismantle it? And again, as with anything, we're going to go to the Bible (laughs) to understand some of the challenges and one of the many opportunities that we have to... uh, create dismantle ego in a way that is healthy, but also honoring to not just you, but also to the other individual. So let's go ahead and we'll get started on the first topic. Maybe we'll get to the second one. We'll probably pause as we go into the second one. But um, the first one, and again, the Bible is filled with examples as to why ego should be dismantled. The Bible says on Proverbs, and and I'll have it listed in the show notes, but uh, Bible says pride comes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. Okay. If you have yourself puffed up and thinking that you understand what's going on, not just in the world, but with individuals and people around you, it makes it very difficult for God to do something in you or, in fact, do something through you. It's very, very challenging. There's also another piece here in the book of Proverbs. Again, in order for anyone to understand, I'm going to go, it's Proverbs chapter 1. Chapter one, we're going to start at uh, verse, I'm going to start at the beginning. It's only eight verses. Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom. Now, this is the, this chapter starts out why and the purpose, the why, the purpose and theme of Proverbs by the most wise person that has ever lived, King Solomon. Okay. So let me read. 
the Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, judgment, and equity, to give subtlety to the simple, to the young man, knowledge and discretion. A wise man will hear and will increase learning, and a man of understanding will attain wise counsel. To understand a proverb and the interpretation, the words of the wise and their riddles. Here it is. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Okay. So the thing is, a fool is someone who thinks that they are bigger and better (laughs) than the circumstances. So if you've had someone around your life that just doesn't want to learn anything, say, oh, I know, or typically the response, oh, yeah, I know, I know. Well, if you knew, you wouldn't have done it. But if you know, then you are automatically just undercutting, undercutting the opportunity for you to learn and grow and develop. Okay, so with all that being said, those two particular scriptures, we are introducing the topic of humility. Humility is a is a major concept in the Bible. Okay, um, so much so that uh, the Lord despises the proud. Um, yeah, believe it or not, God despises the proud. Um, it is a you can't really tell anybody, as I said. You, you can't really do anything apart from God. It is really powerful because we already talked about Proverbs, but let me pull another one in here because this one definitely brings it. Here's another one in Proverbs. The Lord will tear down the house of the proud, but he will establish the boundary of the widow. Yeah, <laughs> it is God doesn't like proud people. James 4, 6, but he gives a greater grace. Therefore, it says, God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Another scripture says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, for in due season, he will exalt you. If you think you know everything, it, like I said, it makes it really hard to connect with anyone. Um, There's plenty of examples by which God has had to humble. You might've been humbled in your life. I can tell you, I have definitely been humbled in my life. I thought I was the cat's meow. I thought I was this, that, and a bag of chips. Everyone in life has had a humbling moment in their lives. But the problem is we get humble in one area and then build ego in another area. It's kind of like Plato. <laughs> um, and in many cases, uh, the Bible mentions uh, this kind of spiritual challenge of humility as yeast being puffed up in the Pharisees. So it is something that pops up. If it's pressed down, it may pop up in other areas of your life. You may be humble at work, but you're not being humble at home. Come on, somebody. You might be humble at home, but you're not humble in your friendships. You'd want to be Dr. Phil and Oprah to everyone and you have the answer, but no one really understands that you don't know what you know. You're just regurgitating what you heard uh, someone go through. Um, I'm just going to pause there because I think we have very many, maybe too many counselors who have not gone through anything um, or observed anything in people's lives 
We're not saying counselors in the sense of being a profession, but in the sense that individuals have uh, shared uh, their challenges and have only watched, heard, and learned from other people, but don't have the credibility that empathy requires because there's a cost to it, right? You have to have gone through it in order to speak to me about it. If you don't know what it's like to be down to a few dollars in your bank account, or if you have been in a challenging season in your marriage in at some point in your life, you really cannot connect with me. You can only sympathize with me, but you cannot empathize with me. And that is because your ego is in the way. You want to feel important. You want to have those things. And again, you cannot empathize with anyone unless you truly kill and destroy your ego. So one of the biggest opportunities, and again, I'm going to bring this one in, is around humility, is the story of John the Baptist. And this story is general, is found in John chapter 1, verses 19, 19 through 34. And this is one example of John. And again, I'm not going to read it. That's We'll keep it in the show notes in this show. But I feel like humility has a huge requirement of individuals to be able to point to someone else besides them. So John the Baptist was an individual whose voice cried out in the wilderness, and his role was to make straight the way of the Lord, uh, just as the prophet Isaiah said. And I'm just speaking from uh, the scripture of, of verse 23. Um, so the thing is, John's responsibility was to lead the way and to point people to Christ. And he would say, repent, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent, repent, meaning to turn direction, to turn around, to go back from the way you're going and go a different direction, okay? Not to feel bad, which most people think repent means. And we put a negative connotation to that word culturally, but what it really means in this definition is to turn around, change your direction. God's coming. The kingdom of God is at hand. Um, And John's role was to point people to Christ. And when Christ showed up, he, as the first person who's speaking about the kingdom of God, is responsible for baptizing the very individual who is going to deliver the entire world of their sins. It says, behold, the Lamb of God whom takes away the sins of the world. That's one of the the scriptures when Jesus comes uh, to be baptized by John the Baptist. Now, this is the thing. There's a couple things that ego can do or humility requires us. And humility requires us to pass glory or honor to someone else. Particularly, it requires a piece of integrity out of you to be able to say, you know what? I'm not that guy, but the other person over here, they're the one that made it happen. Okay. We work together, but they they really are the ones who, who did it. Now, let me bring this up to you and give you the example from John chapter 1 starting at verse 19. It says, now this is the testimony of John when the Jews sent priests and the Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, here you go, who are you? He confessed and did not deny, I am not the Christ. Then they asked him, then who? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, nope. 
Then they said to him, who are you? Tell us so we may give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say concerning yourself? John said, here it is, and I said it earlier, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, just as the prophet Isaiah said. Now those who were sent for the Pharisees, they asked him, why do you baptize then if you are not the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? John answered them, I baptize with water, but one stands among you whom you do not know. This is he who comes after me who is preferred before me, the strap of those whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. These things took place in Bethany beyond the Jordan where John was baptizing. I'm just going to pause there. It is so important. These are the examples by which we really need to operate in humility. It is so important for us to have integrity and honestly for us to be comfortable with who we are in our own skin. These folks put John in categories that he's like, look, y'all, I'm not even (laughs) close to tying the sandals of the man who's coming after me. But you mentioned prophets and and Elijah. He said, I'm not I'm not in one of those either. He said what he was and he rocked what he was. He did his job. He did his role. And you know what? It takes humility to operate in the ways that you've been designed and created without yearning for someone else's accolades and opportunity, particularly when you have the opportunity to do so. We're dealing with issues of character when we're talking about humility. Are you going to take credit for something that you didn't do? Are you going to bring something up? Are you going to take responsibility for something that goes bad? Or are you going to take responsibility for something that goes well when you do it? But if you didn't do it, are you going to point and honor the the folks and individuals that did do it? That, ladies and gentlemen, is humility. That's humility. That's the cost of it. There's an opportunity that could be taken, but because you don't do it, that means you have humility that you have honor, even though you can, you don't. Come on, somebody. Even though you could and you would, you won't. That to me, ladies and gentlemen, is one of the important keys to killing your ego is humility. You know what? All in all, Christianity in its in its uh, entirety is actually a, um, <laughs> a, a, a spirituality that kills the ego. Because there's no work that you can do. It's actually centered around this idea that no matter how much good you do, you could uh, could be perfect. You could, which is impossible. Uh, You cannot make a mistake. There's things, like I spoke to earlier in a few podcasts around the Ten Commandments, it's designed to let you know that you cannot do this by yourself. You cannot be perfect. And therefore, you are in need of a savior. And um, Ephesians 2, chapter uh, excuse me, chapter 2, verse 8 and 9 says this, uh, for it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. Here it is. This is not from yourselves, or another translation says, this is not of works. It is a gift of God not of works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. 
this, y'all, is a gift of God for relationship. If you thought that your goodness, your perfection, your ability to do everything well, not make a mistake, is you unconsciously and inadvertently saying that you are more perfect than Jesus and God. Therefore, you don't need one. I'm going to let that marinate. Okay. If you think you can do this all by yourself, good luck. There are people that have gone mentally crazy trying to do the right thing. I've done the, I've done everything I could and it's not working out. Well, you know what? You can't control your own life. You can do the best you can, but you can't heal yourself. You can't keep your own heart beating. At what point will we be humble enough to understand and say, you know, I don't know everything. I need help. This, ladies and gentlemen, is the first step to destroying your ego. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll have another podcast here. I knew I wasn't going to get to the second piece, which might be a three-parter. But uh, we'll get to the next one here. And I, I really hope you dig into this because the components to empathy require the dismantling of others. So uh, keep it locked here. And we'll see you in the next one. Peace.